1: Burrow fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. And takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Pass is caught. touchdown. Continuing our Superflex draft in the FFPC. Never too early contest against the road of listeners. Eleven of the community going up against myself and Sean. They're putting us under a little bit of pressure in the draft so far. It has been a lot of fun. We have six selections gone. We have Travis Kelsey, C.D. Lamb. Drake London is our wide receiver too, as things stand. We have Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson. So more running backs than we may have, but I think you have to play this contest if you want to win the whole thing, not just the group, make your team a little bit unique. So we have no quarterbacks as things play out so far, but really exciting team So far, and I'm excited to see how it plays out, Sean. We teased at the end of the last show. We didn't tease it, but our hopes were that we may have some wide receiver options coming back to us in this second set of selections. There is some potential quarterback options here for us as well, the likes of Kenny Pickett. But we did talk about George Pickens, Marquise Brown. You've talked about as being one of your favorite values this year. There's Jamison Williams is in this range as well. Deontay Johnson, so. Lots of things to look at. We are two selections away from our selection since we picked last. It's JK Dobbins, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Pat Fairmuth, Jahan Dobson, Dotson, sorry, and then Christian Kirk and Derek Carr. So one selection to go for us, Sean. We are in a. Sometimes, you know, the, the draft isn't falling the way you want. We are going to have a couple of options here for our next pick. Are you looking again at the wide receiver position? That is where, where I'm looking to go. Or are you looking to. Take a take a jump on on some of these quarterbacks. I think maybe the next round is where I would have those preferred options for a quarterback. But we are getting some value on players like Kenny Pickett at this point.
2: Exactly. Kenny Pickett, a mid-sixth round pick. Bryce Young, an early seventh round pick. Both of those guys are still here. Pickett would be interesting because you can select him and then probably you'll get a shot at either Pickens or Deontay Johnson in the next round. But Colin, it's hard for me not to just pick. Pickens here or go with Rashad Bateman someone we think is a little bit undervalued and could be that massive third year breakout Jackson Smith and Jigba could be the next Jamar Chase you mentioned Marquise Brown as a value selection this is one of the reasons we passed on quarterbacks it's one of the reasons we passed on running backs we really like the wide receiver value here so it'd be tough not to select a receiver do you have a guy who stands out for you
1: no, and that's the reason at quarterback. I do think the player that stands out for me is Pickett. I would like all the wide receiver options. I think that they may, you know, one of those may be available when it comes back to us in the next round. So I, I and I, I, think the ADP value we're getting here on on Pickett makes that pick even more appetizing. Um, do you want to go quarterback here?
2: Well, Colin, we got down to five seconds there. It sounded like you wanted Pickett. We went ahead and pulled the trigger. I kind of wanted to see where, like how far we could really push it. And because there are multiple receivers there, if we had taken a receiver, we would have gotten another one in round eight, almost certainly that would have given us the four receivers to go with those three star running backs to go with Travis Kelsey. Now, if you do that, is there a chance that you get wiped out at QB and all the rest of your picks are irrelevant? Yes. But for $35, $35, that's one of the, the brilliant things about this tournament. You can take some of those risks. It's not going to cost you 1500 to find out that you made a big draft mistake. We'll see. We'll see. I, so, just so because we Kenny Pickett doesn't it, mean that we it. don't still have a lot of work to do at quarterback. So we're going to still get to see if the QBs fall. It, you know, Selecting Kenny Pickett does not address our QB issue from a big picture's perspective.
1: It sounds like Sean is saying that if this team doesn't win, it's that we shouldn't have picked Kenny Pickett, and I've made him pick Kenny Pickett there. It feels like that's the way that that conversation was going. But uh, I, I do like Pickett here. I think it's an interesting range and in, in the ADP value that is sliding him down there. And I think that we'll potentially get one of those Steelers wide receivers coming back to us here in the next round. That is my positive thought. I'm putting it out there into the universe. We'll see what happens. I do think a player who's really interesting. we've only seen the flashes last year, Sean, that's Jamison Williams. Uh, he may be there for us in the next round as well. You know, Should be fully recovered from that injury. I think he could be a massive, massive smash this year upcoming. We were getting a little bit of, uh, you mentioned we, we got down to the last couple of seconds there, Sean, in the chat on the FFPC chat with the listeners. I'm checking in every so often. We were getting a little bit of uh, stick for taken too long to make our selections i did explain that we're trying to uh we're trying to record a podcast here as well at the same time
2: (laughs) well we have been filibustering each other as usual which is what we do like to do the other position now that is interesting we selected travis kelsey in the first round but in these ffpc tight end premium drafts you got to load up you have to have a lot of firepower at tight end we have Five teams that don't have a tight end yet, they'll obviously be under pressure to select one. This is a range where Dalton Schultz and Evan Ingram tend to go, and those guys I like. Both of them should be in fantastic situations for their offense next year, and beyond those players, there is a big cliff for me in terms of what the value does at tight end. it would be interesting to see if over the next you know, five to, to ten picks we get some tight ends. It's interesting that the two teams – in the back half of the draft, who don't have a tight end yet, they each passed. And so, the element there that we were kind of hoping for, where we could take Pickett and then a Seahawks wide receiver, that is not going to play out because Deontay Johnson goes at the 708. George Pickens goes at the 710. Tight ends falling. I think Dalton Schultz and Evan Ingram will be in the mix for us. We get Aaron Jones, who has restructured and stayed with the Green Bay Packers you might think that his value then would be a little bit higher as a result but that's again part of the magic of the flex drafts we're into round seven and yet Aaron Jones is still there and it'd be kind of hard to see how he could have gone earlier the running backs who went in round six we have Gibbs we have Javante Williams we have J.K. Dobbins Dobbins a player I mean in round six there that is an obvious no-brainer. Tim has an interesting draft going out of the 104. That is Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Gino Smith, J.K. Dobbins, and Mike Evans. His team, really pretty similar to the one that we have drafted. We have Pickett instead of Gino. We have the elite tight end. He's got more firepower at wide receiver. But I like how that one looks. We had mentioned... The other team that started wide receiver, wide receiver was out of the 12th slot. Ryan and Daniel started with Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. They did come back and take Kyle Pitts. That's a fun selection. Then Russell wilson and Matthew Stafford at QB, two of the best bounce back candidates in the entire NFL. You think about where they were going a season ago, and if they can recover even you know 85-90% of their former magic, then they will be fantastic value picks. Also takes the value on Najee Harris. He's someone that we tend to fade. And yet, when you're talking about the 601, that's a fantastic value pick as well. And then Cortland Sutton at the 712, that team is shaping up nicely. We talked about the challenge that they would face after they started wide receiver, wide receiver, and not surprisingly, they're handling it with a plum
1: So again, Sean, a little bit of a, a recap um, as to what has happened so far. I was you know, putting out that positive vibe of you know, wide receivers lasting, making it back to us in the next selection. Since we picked Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, <laughs> George Pickens, they, they're all wide receivers. Now we have Aaron Jones, Cortland Sutton, Traylon Burks, Evan Ingram, Tyler Lockett. So we have got a little bit of a run here. Jameson Williams, that next selection. So not as many options, Sean, are certainly going to be there when it does manage to come back to us. By the queue of the players that we have at the moment, Rashad Bateman, is the wide receiver that you potentially mentioned in that last round as well. He is still available. We are three selections away. He would be my selection here as we move forward, but you also mentioned Dalton Schultz being a potential option. As I mentioned, Evan Ingram has since gone off the board. Are you uh, are you more frustrated with me for the, the picket pick since we made that selection?
2: No, no. There's never any frustration. You make the picks and you adjust to how the draft transpires. That's part of the fun of it. We get Gabe Davis here in round eight as well. If the receivers go, you move to some of the other values. I, I'm i excited to take Dalton Schultz here. If we get him in the middle of round eight, I think a Kelsey Schultz team gives you a lot of flexibility and upside, both in terms of building that weekly optimized lineup, and then having different outs to win the tournament. Maybe Travis Kelsey is stopped one of these weeks and that eliminates most of the Kelsey teams, but we have Schultz and Schultz then carries us through giving us Kelsey against a non Kelsey final. That part of it would be perfect. So you're trying to think of what permutations would work to help you both advance to the finals and win the finals. I think that a lot of times those two objectives are placed in opposition to each other. There are some times when there can be some tensions but you want to think about how do I build a team that accomplishes both or increases the chances to accomplish both. So Rashad Bateman goes with the very final pick right ahead of us. Dalton Schultz is still there. Come, I do like Quinton Johnston here. I do like Jordan Addison here. There's certainly nothing stopping us from taking a QB and bolstering that position, but it does feel like a Schultz pick to me.
1: Yeah, there's too much. Again, I'm not just going for players that are slid past ADP, but... We're, we're quite a bit past here for for Schultz which makes it a pretty solid pick and it also will make a number of those teams who have yet to go tight end it will put them at a disadvantage versus ours they have gained an advantage in those situations by going quarterback but they have yet to take tight ends we can we can get a, a different advantage here to try and gain an edge on them so yeah I think that's the that's the way to go it is always interesting Sean who are doing these this is a 20 round draft and sometimes when you're setting up these teams you know you get two tight ends in this range and you think maybe you only need two tight ends and that may be the case if you're you know in the underdog drafts for example but over at the FFPC with the tight end premium there's just such an advantage to having those guys on your roster but as we look Sean has things settle so far at this point of the draft that was our eighth selection we have Kenny Pickett, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Ramandre Stevenson and then it's cd lamb drake london travis kelsey and dalton schultz when we're looking through it obviously we're having a little bit of a a weaker wide receiver group but as we've mentioned a number of times the way the team is set up it is super flex but at the ffpc with the way the flex positions work out you are not gaining an additional roster spot what's happening is you are losing one of the regular flexes to become a super flex so wide receivers and filling that flex aren't as much of a An advantage in that situation. So, what are you looking at as we have gone through eight picks, twelve picks left to go? With, I don't think we need to talk about quarterbacks. We know kind of what we're doing with quarterback, but at running back, wide receiver, tight end, how are you looking the rest of the way through? Are you thinking three tight ends, probably two more running backs, and then filling the rest out with wide receivers, or or how are you feeling? How we how we're looking at this point?
2: Running back does still have a couple of provocative names at the very least. You have Joe Mixon is still there. His slide after he more or less fell out of, you wouldn't say he fell out of the starting role, but definitely fell into a, a complete committee with Samaj AP Ryan in the playoffs. He does go there at just before the 8-9 turn. Then you have Damian Pierce, who looked fantastic for the Houston Texans. They're going to have a substantially rebuilt roster that could help him, There's a slight chance it could hurt him. He could end up in a little bit more of a legitimate committee this next year. And then Alvin Kamara, a back who no longer has the same fantasy profile because the current coaching staff of the New Orleans Saints doesn't seem to exactly know what they're doing. And he faces a suspension of indeterminate length. I think that he's more or less off of our board entirely. But those are interesting names that were there at that juncture. Unfortunately, the big development column, as we discuss some options for us, Sam Howell goes at the eight twelve, goes to Carl Hungus, who has Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. That team now has three QBs with the elite hybrid profile. And that's the way to do it, right? Perhaps one of those guys get hurt. You'll still have the two other ones. Perhaps Howell busts, but you're going to still have Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. But this is a team now that could win the whole thing, even if Josh Allen got hurt. If you have the 101 and the guy gets hurt and you're still competitive, you put together a fantastic team. I think you have to love what they're doing there. And James Cook was the other pick. James Cook, another guy who appears substantially undervalued to me. In terms of what we're doing, we are going to be under pressure now with the QBs as Bryce Young also goes. But Quinton Johnston, Jordan Addison, I mean, this is the the time of the year where you can potentially get a rookie wide receiver who's going to be a first-rounder and then immediately blow up. You can get them at a discount now. In three months, these players are going to be much more expensive.
1: Yeah, I was very tempted, Sean, when you brought it up in the last round to to go that way to get the, the wide receiver. When we look at the options that may be available, we are on the clock at the moment. Two picks ago, Brandon Ayuk went would be a potential – wide receiver option obviously not an option for us now but we're looking in by adp you're into after the the rookies it's you know branton cooks Kadarius tony darnell mooney michael thomas Juju smith schuster jacoby meyer so i think both these rookies are are very interesting options Shannon, you are much more in touch with the the rookie class than i am with the road of his rookie guide i'm going to let you take the, the steering wheel here and, and pick which rookie you would prefer at this point Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Curtis Patrick from the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. And now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level too. Epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. With a 4K pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com
0: slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match
2: Well, these guys have profiles that I think end up to be similarly valued. Let's go ahead and go with the potential massive winner in Quentin Johnston. Maybe the next Julio Jones. Maybe that happens only in year two. Maybe Jordan Addison, who blew up as a sophomore in college, going over the 1,500 yards with Pittsburgh there. Maybe he's the guy who's able to... Get in there and adjust to the NFL level. Be productive sooner. Both of those guys, I think, slammed on picks right there.
1: So when we look, Sean, at some of the other teams, we'll have a bit of time before it gets back to our group. But you mentioned pick one and pick two. So we have pick one is Carl Hungus. It is Josh Allen. Then we have Saquon Barkley, Jalen Waddle, Daniel Jones, DeAndre Swift, Pat Fairmouth, Jahan Dodson, Sam Howell, and James Cook. I think that's a, a very interesting team. They are one of the teams that have three quarterbacks so far. The other two of those actually been out of the two and three spot. Team two is Jalen Hurts, Bijan Robinson. Then we get Deshaun Watson, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, Mari Cooper, Christian Kirk, Darren Waller, Bryce Young. And team three is Patrick Mahomes' team with A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, Trey Lance, George Kittle, Calvin Ridley, Derek Carr, Joe Mixon, and Brandon Ayuk. And an interesting note in the chat, John, who did take Joe Mixon, Did say that he didn't want to take Joe Mixon, but he just had to take him based on how long he was left on the board. Sean, those teams all have three quarterbacks. We obviously have the one quarterback. Every other team at this point, barring Team 11, also has two quarterbacks. Team 11 with one, and that is Trevor Lawrence and us with Kenny Pickett. Looking through the, the rosters as things are playing out so far, any of the teams that you're really like it i know we're going to like a lot of these teams but any any personal favorite as to how things are playing out so far
2: right now the thing that i'm most interested in are trying to figure out as we go through and see how it might affect our selections you look at the way these teams have built at quarterback and some of the teams that have been patient and may need some more quarterbacks perhaps the teams that are competing with us now one of the things That has happened so far is the teams that went QB early. They tend to be a little bit more QB focused, and they've been the first teams, not surprisingly, to get to that third QB. But the team out of four, Geno Smith and C.J. Stroud, the team out of sixth with Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers, as you mentioned, the achievers in the 11th slot only have Trevor Lawrence, and they do pass again like we did. So they made that same choice to see how the
1: Burr in the uh, one quarterback with both have two tight ends, both have three running backs, both have three wide receivers through those nine picks. So there's a lot of similarities in the, the construction overall so far.
2: And the pick there is Tyler Algier going ahead of Alvin Kamara. That's an interesting one. When you kind of think of the dynasty implications as well, Colin, we've done shows in the past talking about how this early best ball ADP gives you a window into what you should be thinking for dynasty trade values when you get those trade offers of an Alvin Kamara and they're still much bigger than the offers for Tyler Algier, uh, pretty clearly that's not the direction that the value is going to be going in. You want to be aware of that as you're thinking through what I would pay to get an Alvin Kamara. Cause if you can get Kamara more or less thrown in at this point, which I think is a possibility in some leagues, then you want to look at that Dalvin cook ends up going at the eight seven which again we get a sense of where he is now i watched some of the maybe less experienced dynasty managers in the road of his triflex formats pay for him with 2024 picks that overvalued who he is now the dalvin cook managers have been really trying to unload him early this offseason before the bottom falls out i think that's an interesting one so frank there out of seven has built a team that is pretty cool. You mentioned the Kyler Murray pick. We don't know how long he's going to miss. The reports have been all over the place. I actually think that that will probably be toward the optimistic side of that. I think that he's probably not going to miss as much time as people think. The key will be, does he have that hybrid ability at any point in 2023? But when you have Jackson, you have Murray, then you can probably take a little bit of risk for your QB three, but Mark Andrews as the tight end there. So you have the elite tight end and then T Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Kadarius Tony, but the running back values really jump out. And then that team has Nick Chubb in round five, Javante Williams in round six, Dalvin Cook in round eight. Again, cool things you can do on Superflex that maybe you can't do elsewhere. Column we also have maybe the first real flag plant selection in this draft. Anthony Richardson has just gone at the 10.04. Richardson, one of these very controversial prospects where he's been described as a mix of Cam Newton and Justin Fields. Other people would point out that he was not a good college player and that can be a difficult profile to make work at the NFL level. As I mentioned earlier in the draft and I believe on an earlier show in terms of how you're going to cut this up, but those QBs in Superflex worth taking a few stabs at as long as you don't get too much exposure because even if the odds are against them I mean sometimes the long shots pay off and then again you have a league winner I think in the 10th round especially as we've gone here where you know the players like a Sam Howell are going to go before ADP I think that's an interesting pick
1: yeah and you you mentioned that that the other is the the quarterback 28 Anthony Richardson before that two picks earlier we get Jordan Love QB 27 and Ryan Tannehill so since our last selection three quarterbacks off the board we are in a range where we're by you know QB rank if we're not looking at ADP we are right in the range where you would see Desmond Ritter or Will Levis they're usually quarterback 31 quarterback 32 Anthony Richardson is usually quarterback 33 at the you know in the 12th round the others going in the 11th we are in the 10th round when we'll be selecting nick sean in a couple of picks time have you interest in either of those guys to get them in here there is some other interesting options i do think at wide receiver in this range and the the other player that i i do think could be interesting is greg Dulcich when we're looking at the tight end position if we wanted to get that third tight end we May not need it at this point of the draft, but I, I do think that he stands out for me as a potential option as well. And Mac Jones, I was going to mention him. I know I know you like Mac Jones, but he's just after going off the board.
2: Yeah, Mac Jones, an eighth round ADP. He goes in the middle of 10. That's going to be a good selection for the team that has Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. They filled out that team with non-rushing QBs, but with a mix that on an individual game perspective could help them to hit the guys who go off that week. Column, this is tricky here. I, mean, I think that taking Jones first and hoping that the volume of QBs on these teams in between our selections might allow Ritter to get back to us, that was a possibility. I'm kind of feeling like Ritter with his profile, with having Drake London on the team. I mean, the real risk that you run here is that there's a very substantial possibility that Ritter will not be the starting quarterback for the Falcons. But if he is, I mean, this is too much to pass up.
1: Yeah, I think it's too much to pass up. There's a chance, Sean, that he won't be the quarterback, and that would just be a, a really bad sign for what the Falcons you know, invested in him, obviously, with last year's draft and, and to see how it moves forward. But I think they will give him a chance. I think outside of it being a case where they go ahead and draft somebody again this year with a high draft pick, which is still a possibility, I think that he will get an opportunity earlier in the season to lead that team. So I think with London there as well, to pair him up with his quarterback, is a a smart move and when you look the reason i brought up the the options at qb and obviously mac jones would have been in play but when we look then after anthony richardson obviously tom brady is qb 34 usually going in the 14th round tom brady has retired he may come back i I think this time it is but he is not going to be there the other options then when we get into the 15th round they're james Jameis winston then tanner mckee you're into zach wilson then quarterbacks after that are um Davis Mills, Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett. So at this point, if we didn't take him there, Sean, you're you're probably waiting to you're into those 18th and 19th kind of round range again. So it felt as well like a little bit of a potential final quarterback option. In this range, is there other quarterbacks that you would have been willing to take, or, or is it a case if we didn't take Ritter there, we don't get Levis potentially when it comes back? Are we really holding off into the deep, deep water?
2: there are I wouldn't say there are always ways that you can play it because it is going to dry up and you can push it a little bit too far especially in superflex where you know you need some volume but Garoppolo somebody who with I mean with the number of teams that need starters it would be surprising if Garoppolo doesn't start. there have definitely been reports that Mayfield is in more demand than Garoppolo is it would be surprising if he doesn't start and he goes very late. I mean, he's someone we drafted on that team last year where we had the four QBs, we had Mayfield late, we had Geno Smith late. I wouldn't say that that worked out because Mayfield didn't score a ton of points, but he was starting again during the fantasy playoffs. So he helped a little bit in that run that we made to the finals. Part of being willing to push the QB position is that you're going to have to make some picks that aren't comfortable. And that's one of the things that we kind of like to do is to make uncomfortable selections. Again, not to say that everyone should do that. You want to draft in the way that works best for you. You want to lean into your strengths. We're comfortable making some of those picks. I don't mind Levis here. Again, I don't think that he's going to hit, but if he did, at this price, you're talking about it being a league-winning type of selection. Malik Willis somebody, too, who looked awful this last year, and probably in a lot of ways is similar to what we might expect from Levis. And anthony richardson but you do hear a lot of whispers that Tannehill will be on the move the titans then again have somewhat limited options for addressing that position you know do they want to bring in a guy like garoppolo or carr or mayfield and i mean that's more or less just <laughs> shuffling deck chairs on the titanic right i mean if you wanted that why not just stick with ryan Tannehill? To draft a guy there, you're going to have to take some risks. I mean, they may be in a position where they feel comfortable. I'm not really trusting Malik Willis, but at least experimenting with what he could bring in his second season. He's somebody I think we would have to look at late. Colin, we're a couple of picks away now. Bring us up to speed on who has gone and kind of what you're thinking.
1: Yeah, so since we selected uh, Desmond Ritter, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Dawson Knox, the pick, Sean, there was two picks. I was thinking, yeah, maybe these guys get back to us. I was very wrong. Carl Hunglison and pick one, they, they know what we're trying to do here. They're building a, a pretty, pretty nice team. They add in Rondell Moore and Wendell Robinson. They were two players I was hoping may get back to us. And then AJ Dillon went off the board. So at this point, there's two more selections before it gets to us. I did mention Greg Dulcich earlier, Sean. He has just gone off the board at the 11:03. I think uh, a real impressive value there. Wide receiver options, Sean, aren't as impressive at this particular point in time, but somebody who would be available if we did want to go that way, had a strong finish from last season, Isaiah Hodgson's, uh, and Will Levis did just go to Tim with that pick just before us. So we are up at this point, and a lot of running back options in the queue, the like of Brian Robinson, Rashad White is there, uh, Miles Sanders is there. Any of the rookie, Sean, really standing out for you at this particular point in time, Hodgson's, I think, is interesting, but is not the most exciting play. Anyone that is standing out here for you in, in this range?
2: Going back to the well with Sky Moore and seeing what he does in year two, I think that that is a way that you can play it. Rashad White could have ended up being the starter next year in Tampa Bay. David Montgomery is going to be a big part of some committee somewhere. I think that he's the best value here. I don't necessarily like the picks at tight end. I don't think that we need to push qb are you comfortable with a montgomery or with a sky more pick
1: yeah they're not you know filled me with excitement but <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable with both of them uh it's hard to get excited about sky more based on what we hoped heading into last season and how last season went from obviously there was plays in the super bowl but the season probably could not i much more disappointing from where we were last off season but there's still chance in that that second year for him to continue that breakout so we do take david montgomery to add to that running back room I, I i think that he's one of those sort of players sean that we've never absolutely loved david montgomery but it's always been that he's been too expensive it feels now that he is appropriate appropriately priced and maybe undervalued at, at his current price that is the 11.05 that we have taken him there but for me hold my hands up that this feels like a a very flat period of the draft i mentioned three of the players i did like and, and more robinson and uh, greg Dulcich, but it felt like it got pretty flat in that range and, and those are all guys who usually are going multiple rounds after where they have just been picked up in, in this particular draft
2: yeah you mentioned wandel robinson he has been going in the 14th round Rondell Moore, just a couple picks ahead of him in round 14. Sky Moore has been going in round 13. There are a handful of the veterans that we're maybe not as fond of who go earlier. It's interesting that Elijah Moore, someone I still do have some enthusiasm for, has been at the 1201 a couple rounds ahead of those guys that we think are must draft selections. You mentioned Isaiah Hodgins. I really like him from a reality perspective. I do think that you get Wandell back, you have Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins and Wandale and then I mean they have to add a number one and you know Ben likes to talk about how thinking of it in those terms is probably not the right way and I agree with that completely and yet when we say they need to add a number one they have to inject talent here and that's going to adversely affect the target shares for all of these guys and so it's not that I don't like Hodgins but I think that when you look ahead to where they're going to be I mean, he may not be a starter for them next season. That's not a risk that I necessarily want to take now on that type of player. When we think about guys like an Alan Lazard, somebody we loved who wasn't originally drafted, Hodgins, who didn't make it with his first team, some of these players who are as specials, it's important that we keep in mind what their range of outcomes are and what the depth chart is going to look like when you look ahead to next season. I mean, Alan Lazard was a player last year where, I mean, that was his chance. He had a solid season and yet you could obviously see Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs how they were going to be bigger parts of that passing attack than maybe it seemed like it's it's something where we have to be careful about some of these veterans and I don't know we'll see how the draft continues to go that's around 11 I mean if he's still there at ADP in round 16 then maybe it would be a stronger possibility. You mentioned Dulcich. He gets picked in round 10 in this draft. He does slide into early round 11. I like Dulcich. I also like Mike Kosicki, who went one pick after us. I don't necessarily think that they were needs for our particular team. Dulcich, someone who could have a huge season in year two now that they have competent coaching. But one of the things that was really helping him is that he was a favorite of the departed coaching staff. I might still be sticking with Trey McBride as the guy I think can come out and be the superstar year two wide receiver. His ADP, much more palatable. You can generally get him in round 14. And then some late guys, Noah Fant, Jelani Woods, Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid might be the guy this season. You contrast his highlights with those of Michael Mayer. And it's not that the player who is maybe the more well-rounded pick isn't going to still also be a fantasy impact player, but obviously for fantasy, we are really emphasizing the receiving ability. I mean, Kincaid could perhaps be this year's Dulcich in which case if he ends up on a team that's more competent than last year's Broncos, maybe he really scores can be that late contributor Colby, you mentioned that this is a flat range. Are you surprised by any of the selections that have occurred since our pick? We're looking at late round eleven, early round twelve.
1: I think we're in a range. Now you mentioned Elijah Moore; he does go at the twelve oh one, but it's kind of a veteran range. Like Michael Thomas is somebody who Frank takes here, and you know, wide receiver fifty one. So it's fair enough, and that's where his ADP tends to be. But he is somebody who has restructured his contract with the saints and i think it's basically going to be a restructure so they can cut him this year so I, again he i don't think he's gonna be much of a, an impact player in the nfl and, and, and turn in fantasy and we haven't seen him produce in the nfl in, in quite a number of seasons so he is somebody who you know i'm completely out on this year branton cooks is somebody who continues to produce no matter who his quarterback is and what his team is but not in a great situation still he goes after that and then Juju smith schuster and the interesting thing sean that you mentioned in this particular point is when you were talking with the giants and them looking for a potential wide receiver one the other player that is going kind of in this range who is relatively interesting you mentioned zay jones earlier in this draft but A lot of these teams things are going to change a lot he's in a situation where the wide receiver one may already be on the roster after coming over from the Atlanta Falcons and Calvin Ridley so there's a lot of things changing pieces and moving pieces and when we get into this range there's a lot of those players with many many question marks going on their heads a player that you mentioned as well Trey McBride who I really like he goes one pick ahead of us I don't think he was in the conversation in this and this is where it gets difficult sometimes we're talking about you know later in the draft these players are interesting but they're obviously going now because we we like them and the listeners know we like them sky Moore though sean is somebody who's still there still available who could be of interest uh brian robinson's there brock purdy's there again feels to me another bit of a flat zone i would probably be looking at at zay jones or sky Moore at this particular point donovan people's jones is there also
2: yeah, and the other player who could really jump if he's a first-round pick in the reality draft would be Keyshawn Butte. Um Jimmy Garoppolo, an interesting pick, and now three rounds below ADP. But I think that we have to take the risk that every team in between this selection and our round 13 selection already has three quarterbacks because they have three and because they've spent quite a bit to acquire those guys. They're, none of those quarterbacks in terms of qb2 was selected after round four so those teams are probably set I, i should say that the one team that is a little bit different there would be again the team out of four that started at jefferson Devontae adams they now have geno smith cj stroud will levis not impossible that they would go with four qbs as blair and i did in one of our recent drafts but they're probably going to be looking at some more firepower at wide receiver take a second qb with the rookie but even once you have justin jefferson and Devonte adams when your only other wide receiver is mike evans at this point again i kind of think that they will go receiver wrapping back around as opposed to garoppolo the other question that we have is whether or not garoppolo really is the guy if we take him we're almost kind of moving toward a four qb build because you're probably looking at a willis late you're perhaps looking at a mayfield late Purdy has not gone in this draft as everyone appears to be fairly skeptical about his recovery from the NFC championship game injury. His surgery recently was put off. That's never a promising sign. Colin QB versus some of the other players who are available here. How are you thinking about this?
1: Yeah, I, I was thinking the exact same way you were, Sean, that the other teams having the, the three quarterbacks unlikely to, to go and add that draft capital onto it. So much much on board with you but what we're going to do there is leave it as a teaser for the listeners to see as round 12 finishes up will one of these quarterbacks make it back to us in the next round that is what we're going to leave it on that little cliffhanger for so we will be back with the third and final part of the draft in the next couple of days make sure you're subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed to get that once it is available my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Martin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can check all his work on rotaviz.com. But until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz. with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.